Hello and welcome to the 302nd edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm Matt Perkins. And a swing pass across the Harpeth River here from me in the Music City. It's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. Well, 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 in honor of uh, the rise of the fullback, uh, this is... You do you do two podcasts with with fullbacks. So I do. You have a thing. With, you have a thing for fullbacks, don't you? But uh, uh, I have a I thing caught, for the wing tee, and the wing tee heavily involves a fullback. So yeah, there, there you go. So I caught plenty of swing passes, but uh, I'm ready to get I'm ready to get this thing rolling, man. Let's 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 get it. All right. Well, we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city, a man whose favorite artistic medium is the pumpkin. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Happy Halloween, everyone. Yes, happy belated Halloween. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Josh is far and away the most skilled pumpkin carver I have ever met. Uh, every year he does something different and uh, somewhat awe-inspiring. So, uh, Josh, where'd you go with this year? Uh, so this year it was kind of a mixed media thing. It, it required a, a handwritten sign and then the pumpkin. So the pumpkin was rather simple. It was an outline of my hand and then I chopped off one of the fingers it had uh, blood spewing. And then uh, my sign that I hand wrote said payment for candy in red ink. And I, I kind of had like some blood droppings. And then I uh, took some red food coloring and um, like a, a, a cookie baster thing and just not a cookie baster, but, you know, the cooking like uh, paint style brush thingy and put some on there and then kind of splattered the paper. So it looked like all this blood spray. <laughs> Here's Josh waving at everybody. <laughs> there was, um, there was, uh, there was this little girl who I don't know, maybe six years old, seven years old, was like, "That's my favorite pumpkin." As she went by our house, I was like, "Ah, oh, nice, nicely done, you sicko." Well, I mean, she clearly takes after you. <laughs> She's so that- probably going to carve the same pumpkin next year, Josh. <laughs> All right. Well, I like pumpkins in Iowa football. That now that now that is truly truly terrifying. Mm-hmm. So okay, well uh, before we get into some terrifying and some awesome things that we saw on the football field this past weekend, want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. They continue to be your number one source for all things gambling and sports betting. Basketball is back. College football, NFL in full swing. NHL is back. Josh loves the hockey. Got some esports, got some golf. You know, you name the sport, they've got it over at betonline.ag. Head on over to the website uh, to join or use your mobile device to uh, and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, guys, um, we're going to have a bit of a shorter one tonight. Uh, than usual a couple of us are a little bit under the weather um but i want to start by talking about the uh the rankings that came out about three hours ago now or two hours ago now as we record um the college football rankings are always a fun source of uh drama and debate and uh asinine thoughts so josh uh where did the committee screwed up the most uh in their initial rankings uh for full transparency we got Tennessee one, Ohio State two, uh, Georgia three, Clemson four, Michigan five, Alabama six, TCU seven, um, and then that's off the top of my head. I'm gonna—I ha- don't remember who they had eight through 
12. Doesn't matter. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, look, the, the crux of the matter is uh, these rankings are utterly pointless. Uh, it's just for TV. We know, okay, so also if you're a recent listener, um, none of us like the playoffs, uh, including Coach, who's won a national title from this system. Uh, we all want a much larger playoff. We love the FCS playoffs. Um, these are just an exercise in stupidity because they're essentially going to all sort itself out because the Tennessee-Georgia loser ain't winning their division, and I don't think the SEC warrants two teams from the same division. You could make the argument that the loser of the SEC title game, especially if it's an undefeated Tennessee or Georgia, uh, could join the presumptive Alabama in the playoffs. But so Tennessee, Georgia will have a knockout game. Same with Ohio State and Michigan. Um, so again, this is just an exercise of stupidity. If you want to quibble with it and be like, oh, well, which team got screwed over? It's a no brainer. The team that got screwed over is TCU because again. they are 8 0. And in their schedule, they've played. 18th ranked Oklahoma, 19th ranked Kansas, 8th ranked Oklahoma State, and 17th ranked Kansas State. And I know those teams, some of them aren't in the polls anymore, but Alabama has only played three ranked teams. Or excuse me, uh, yeah, three ranked teams, and two of them ain't in the polls anymore. So right away, why is Alabama ahead of them? And then Clemson. Clemson's played two ranked teams one of which probably should not be ranked, which is NC State. So what's going on with TCU? If they care about who you play, if they care about getting the four best teams, well, you done screwed up because TCU's resume at this point is above several teams that they are, quote-unquote, behind in the polls. I wholeheartedly believe I, I looked at that going, where's TCU? I, I don't I don't see it. Michigan deserves to be there in the initial rankings. They're playing what really well. Um, Ohio State, I, you know, I think they're Matt. You asked the question in the rundown whose whose win was more impressive. I'll go ahead and answer that one. Ohio State's win over Penn State was more impressive. It was on the road. We're, we're talking uh, about in relation, by the way, to uh, Tennessee versus Kentucky. Yeah, uh, Ohio they, State's Ohio State's win this past weekend was more yeah. more impressive than. Tennessee at home yeah. versus Kentucky. And I'm inclined to believe, I'm inclined to agree with you there, Coach, but I'm hearing a lot of people saying that they think that this is some giant victory. This Kentucky squad's banged up is not as great as they were even they a month looked, ago. They were they were shook, man. Like, I've never seen a team just look so so shell-shocked. And Penn State I mean, came I, out throwing haymakers. And Penn State Penn State looked good early on, and yeah. then and then Ohio State just pulled away and, and did what Ohio State should do as a number two as a number two ranked team. Georgia did the same thing against Florida, who is really banged up and not very good. Yeah, but we Florida's watched that game Florida. together, Coach. Way more yeah. fun just hanging out with you than the, than the game itself because the game itself was sloppy. It, it was, was sloppy. sloppy. It was Unlike sloppy. that Buffalo chicken dip, which was on point. Oh, yeah, no, we were sloppy eating it because oh, we were yes, eating we were very so sloppy. Fast. Not as on point, though, Josh. We had some porterhouse steaks that were absolutely Ooh, to nice. die for. Apparently, uh, Matt and I should open a restaurant because he, he sears them, I smoke them, and we 
devour. Listen, I, I'm going to yeah. shout out my current favorite Instagram handle. It's at Porterhouse Party. Um, they just bring Porterhouse steaks to your house and cook them for you when you have a party. That's the whole business, and I love it. But, uh, I mean, come back to it, man. Why didn't we think of that? Coming back to Kentucky, like, they've felt like NC State. So in my poll, uh, I haven't had NC State uh, doing very well in my poll. Uh, I actually had them knocked out um, because with Levis being, uh, well, for Leary being hurt, for NC State, they're not the same team. Kentucky's going through the same thing with Will Levis. Uh, Their loss to Tennessee is now their third in four games. Um, They're just not the same team that they were earlier in the year. It's just the usual poll stagnation, uh, you know, a a narrow loss in the SEC bumps you up. You know, uh, a three-point loss to Ole Miss on the road. Oh, that that guarantees that Kentucky is God's gift to football. Um, It's just – you got to be realistic. And Kentucky's not a top 25 team as currently constituted. So that's why the the win that Ohio State had at Penn State. I know Penn State stinks against top 10 teams under Franklin. He can't win any of them. But they're probably going to be 10 and 2, 9 and 3 somewhere around there, um and they're going to go to a nice bowl game. They're, you know, the team that goes to the Citrus Bowl, Capital One Bowl, is a top 25 team. So that's why the, uh, the Ohio state win was way more impressive. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just, I, you know, living in the state of Tennessee, I, I, I've been hearing it all. all <laughs> oh man. I went to school and, and they, they told me that <laughs> might as well just cancel the game. Tennessee's going to roll win by 50. And they forget that it's not easy to win on the road in the sec. And it's especially I mean, not easy to win on the yeah. road at Sanford Stadium. And, I mean, no, Tennessee, because, is a nice, yeah. Tennessee is a nice, uh, uh, you know, yeah. a really, a really nice thing going. They get, their offense is just a joy to watch. Um, it's so and much fun. Very, I like watching their offense. Yeah. They, they very well could beat Georgia. They very well yeah. could win the SEC. They very co- well could go college football playoffs. Using Kentucky as some sort of measuring stick to prove that is yeah. uh, just foolish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, the Alabama one, I guess is the biggest barometer, yeah. but that game was at home. They got a few breaks in that game because it was at home because of the atmosphere. Uh, Alabama was shook early on things like that. I mean, that's um, what, also that's just what road environments do. One more thing, just to sort of close the loop on this one, Georgia just beat Florida on a neutral site by 22 Tennessee beat Florida at home by five. Yeah. I think though Tennessee, um, in all fairness, they are reminiscent of, this is totally different style of play, totally different anything. But what it's reminiscent of to me is the Maurice Claret Ohio State team where the momentum just slowly kept going and going and going and they gained more and more and more confidence yeah. obviously completely different play styles completely different coaches but i'm talking about the self-confidence and the swagger tennessee didn't have this self-confidence and the swagger week one week two week three so you know that yeah. narrow florida game a little bit of a different context 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know you could use every week and and you you could pick your poison and say, oh well, they almost lost to Pitt, so well Pitt's terrible now. And it, this is, I mean, it's it's a tough road environment. They were struggling. Hendon Hooker was was banged up. I mean, they're a different team. They could very easily win this game. I, I guess we're I guess we're I guess we're jumping into okay, that. Okay, guys, right? we, we we have. Well, to- I, I do want to I do want to circle back to one thing I mentioned. I, I did mention NC State. Uh, a moment ago and talk about, you know, Devin Leary's injury and, and kind of discounting them. Uh, that Virginia Tech game was so fun to watch. Uh, the, I believe, third string based on the the roster quarterback, MJ Morris. Yep. Uh, they put him out there trying to gain a spark. Uh, well-regarded, dual-threat kid. Oh, my God. His, his arm talent was so impressive. His... His footwork was so bad. Freshman running quarterback didn't know what to do with his feet. I swear every throw was off of his back foot. And he was slinging some like 50 yards down the field off of his back foot. And I'm like, oh, my God, get get this kid into the Manning camp. And holy crap, uh, I want to buy stock in him. I I think he could uh, – I think he could – potentially be like an ACC player of the year type thing uh, in his career before it's all said and done. He is incredible. So what you're saying is you saw, the, you saw the opposite of Virginia, Miami. Yes. <laughs> in which the game ended 14, 12 in four overtimes and there were zero touchdowns scored. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Ferentz was quoted after the game saying, slow down. We don't want that much offense. Well, I mean, I listen, dude, I don't know what you're talking about because your Iowa Hawkeyes scored 33 points. They almost we covered yelling, the spread themselves. We were yelling at the TV screen because the announcers kept saying, "Oh, this is this is a new look Iowa offense. This is a the new spark. This is something." And we were all yelling, "It's Northwestern." The Northwestern it's the team is of so bad. They're so bad this year. That, like that Northwestern team is atrocious. That is not a surprise loss. What I want to talk about though is Oklahoma State, Kansas State, because Oklahoma State didn't just lose. They laid an all-time egg, and we now all have that egg on our face because we all took Oklahoma State in spread formations last week. Mm. And boy, do we look so even without Adrian Martinez. Uh, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Will Howard, coach, uh, looked freaking awesome. It's a completely different offense with him in there, yet it's still effective. This is, I mean, Chris Kleiman, yeah. like, just hats off to you. I mean, they they did something. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what when I was watching that game, I was just I was trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This is this is a new look. This is a completely different team here. This is they're playing their you know what's off." And Oklahoma, they, Oklahoma State had no answers. They were getting physically dominated. Kansas State just looked in total control from the word go. And I'm impressed, man. Chris Klein is doing a hell of a job. I, I thought I was guilty of thinking it, it, no Adrian Martinez. Well, this is going to be a tough one for them to win. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Because and, and, and the other oh, thing that, me, uh, that that really got refilling my soda. The, the other thing, hey, the, great the, choice, by the way. The other thing, though, that I noticed here, or, or actually made me think about with Will Howard, and they, they've gotten back a little bit more to get the ball in Deuce Vaughn's hands. And yeah. not necessarily let Adrian cook as much, which he was great against Oklahoma, don't get me wrong. But in the heart of Big 12 play, honestly, Deuce Vaughn is their best best weapon. You saw him get 22 carries and like at least six targets in the past game. Like he was he, he was back to being Deuce on the loose. 
Well, you know, Chris Kleiman deserves a lot of credit, um, but I think one of the things we haven't talked enough about yet that he deserves credit for is his new offensive coordinator. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick pop quiz. You guys know his offensive coordinator? No, I don't actually. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Former uh, KSU quarterback. Col- uh, Colin Klein. It is Colin Klein. Yeah. yeah. Um, Colin Klein is calling some plays. He's calling he some plays. Successfully. Um, he calls some uh, ball for, plays, man. I, I was impressed. For instance, one of the uh, important touchdowns against Oklahoma was a play that he ran a few years back against Oklahoma that also resulted in a touchdown. So, you know, Kleiman, you know, when you hire a, a brand-new offensive coordinator, it's, it's uh, Colin Klein's first season as OC at Kansas State. You know, you're wondering, oh, is, is he bringing it back for, like, the nostalgia? Uh kind of how's this all going to work out it has been a home run higher um in the, the the brain trust at kansas state is just so fun to watch now and matt you said the egg was on yeah. our face but uh you know we we're it is for this week yeah because we gave them no credit i gave them no credit i i'll i'll be honest but yeah. But, I mean, Coach, I'm just going to finish my thought here really quick, Josh. Yeah. We may have egg on our face for this week, but not for this year, baby, because we picked them to win the title before the we season, did. Coach. Purple power. The only mm-hmm. the only loss that a purple team has had was to a fellow purple team. In the Big 12. There you go. In the Big 12. Well, yeah. Northwestern, mm, different different story there In the for, for the color purple. Northwestern is so forgettable this year. I literally almost asked, does the Big 10 have a purple team? So I mean, I mean, they could trade them for the Chicago Maroons right now, and it might not be that big of a difference. Okay, quickly though, any other things you want to hit on from this past weekend that really stood out to you guys that we did not get into? We had a couple upsets. Um, Missouri took down South Carolina. We had Notre Dame taking on Syracuse. That was super predictable. Uh, Wake Forest just letting Louisville just move the ball at will uh ucf taking down cincinnati gus bus you know getting the engine back running uh any of those stick out to you josh uh no what stuck out to me was the purple pirates knocking off another future big 12 team out in provo and with brian that game was fun that game was so much fun with brian harrison getting fired i was thinking hmm if they repeat their same coaching search that they did for harrison they're going to take a coach from out west with no ties to the south who his current fan base hates him, which means Auburn, get ready. Your 2023 head coach will be Kalani Shataki from BYU. I'm, sure, I, I, <laughs> I'm sure that is a perfect cultural fit. <laughs> yeah. Polynesians in, uh, in Alabama. That's Poly- Mormon Polynesians <laughs> in eastern Alabama. Polynesians on the plains. Here we go. Go. <laughs> they ain't gonna be he's gonna get down there he ain't gonna understand a soul he's gonna go to waffle house and he ain't gonna know what to do he's gonna be shook man he's gonna look at that menu he's gonna be like uh scattered what is scattered covered in ah hell <laughs> uh he, I, I i don't feel like he swears uh, and, and I feel like that that's a swear for him. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, just uh, I, I want to tip my hat to uh, Notre Dame. They came to play against Syracuse defense, Syracuse offense, though. Um, first play of the game, Garrett Schrader gets hurt, and it's sort of writing us on the wall for them because he's so much of that offense. A different game with Schrader for me. 
and I'm I'm talking to I, I'm talking that up too. It's not I'm not that surprised that it happened. So, um, any other things from week seven here? I mean, Syracuse's goal this year was to get to a bowl and win six seven games. So uh, the fact that they had an amazing start to the season is just added a uh, feather in their cap. Yeah. So yeah, and it's not uh, like no it's not like they have a tough schedule, like a, a, a murderer's row. I mean, at Pitt, who's falling apart next week, home for Florida State, Jekyll and Hyde, at Wake Forest, another team that's falling apart, and at Boston College, who already fell apart, and it's just a carcass that's getting pulled to the line for the end of the year. Did you say Wake Forest has fallen apart? Yeah, they just got dismantled this past weekend by Louisville. Wake Forest Ooh. does that every year. Wake, so like Wake Forest, when it goes off the rails for them, it just it turns into a nightmare just based on their kind of their offense they play. And, um, you know, they just had some terrible interceptions in the third quarter. They had an awful quarter of football, I wouldn't say. It, it's done for okay. Wake Forest. All right, then. Well, um, let's then move into uh, looking ahead to our spread formations here for week eight. Gents, last week, not a banner week for, well, not just your boy here, but all three of us, because we all went two and five last week. It was rough. It was very rough. We're all on the wrong side of mm. Oklahoma State, mm. Kansas State. Um, we all had uh, Ohio State uh, covering at Penn State. They did not. They came sh- three short. We all had Cincinnati covering. We all talked about that. We all had the under in, in the uh, Northwestern Iowa game. For the total, no, Iowa almost got that themselves, and Coach had Northwestern. Coach just flat out had Northwestern, um, and we, uh, Josh and Coach, were on the. Uh, J- Josh and Coach were on the party. Oh, I I miscounted. Josh and Coach were minus twenty two and a half on the party, and they won by twenty two. So that's, but I had the over, so I actually went for that. So that actually makes me i had i miscounted this anyways we'll get it all back for next week um josh coach still over lost by a half point josh coach is still over 500 i'm way (laughs) under 500 it's not going great for me for for me this year um let's get into the games this week we had uh the cocktail party last week this week we're going to start with georgia again tennessee at georgia my turn to go first this week on the spread formations georgia is an eight and a half point favorite at home the over under is 66 um get with no nolan smith for the dogs, I'm going to leave most of the analysis to Coach and Israel. Uh-huh. But uh, with no Nolan Smith, points, points, points. Give me the over. Dogs, uh, I got dogs winning by a touchdown. But give me, but give me the over to be safe. Uh, Josh, who goes next? Me? Okay, uh, Matt, I am exactly uh, with you. I, I know based on your performance uh, for the season, I should be fading you. But uh, I just. I really don't see a scenario in which Georgia's defense, as good as it is, completely shuts down Tennessee. So I I think if Tennessee wins, it's going to be a shootout like the Alabama game. If Georgia wins, I still think Tennessee safely puts up 28-plus points. So I I think the over is by far the smart bet here. All right, Coach, break it down for us. Georgia's eight and a half point favorites. I was not expecting that. The way everybody's talking about Tennessee, I expected Georgia to be underdogs at home. That's what but, you say to your students. Uh, so it's like, well, if you're so worried about us, why are we eight and a half point favorites? Yeah, well, I mean, we're over a touchdown favorite. Like, <laughs> what's what, what's what's going on here? Um, here here's the thing that Tennessee 
has to do. They have to walk into a hostile environment, which you look at their biggest wins, all of them at home. Alabama, home. Florida, home. The, 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 the only big win that stands out to me was a banged-up LSU team that hadn't found itself on the road, which was impressive. They went down there and beat the hell out of them. That's all they can do, right? Um, I say that to say that I think Brock Bowers is going to have a huge day. Jalen Hyatt's going to have a huge day. There's going to be a lot of points flung around on this board. I'm not touching this spread whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the over. If I was betting, man, I'm going to take the over at 66. Um, but since uh, since I do have a dog in this fight, pun intended, I'm just going to take Georgia because why not? So give me Georgia 8.5 and, and the over. But if I'm betting real money, I'm just going to take the over. Yeah. Yeah, taking the over. All right. Well, you just mentioned LSU, Coach. Uh, they yeah, are a new team recently. They have gotten, you know, they engaged. figured out that Jaden Daniels is not a pocket passer. No. And all of a sudden, <laughs> they have gotten it linked up on offense and defense. They are playing really good ball. And they're hosting Alabama, who, you know, obviously um, last week was not nearly the test that Tennessee was for them. But. I'm still not entirely convinced that, I mean, this is not vintage Alabama, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I'm tempted to take the over in this one, but I'm actually going to take LSU plus 13 and a half. I think Alabama wins by 10, Josh. We are family. (laughs) Does that mean our our parks are related? I got all my sisters with me. Uh, Matt, I'm I'm with you. Um, This this LSU team has figured some stuff out. They're cooking. It's a night game in Baton Death Valley. Rouge. Yeah, they're going to be drinking all day. Well, plus the day before, so it's about 48 hours. Plus the week drinking. before. I mean, it's Alabama week. It's the whole week <laughs> before. Let's, let's, let's be honest. They're drinking right now. Yeah, let's say it's, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, someone's got a, hur- someone's got a, a hurricane yeah. or a hand grenade yeah. it, going down right gonna now. It's going to be... It's going to be a ruckus crowd. Let's see. Let's see. What's Alabama done on the road this year? Well, they won by one at Texas. They had a third quarter nightmare at Arkansas in a game that they really tried to give away. Uh, They lost to Tennessee on the road. So uh, not an inspiring road performance to be found thus far in the season. So I think LSU is the smart pick. I also like over, I think this I like turns a little bit into too. the. I think it turns into a, a game similar to the Tennessee game, where it's a shootout. I don't know if LSU has enough horses like Tennessee to pull off the upset, but I do think they could keep it close. Good. Yeah. Before I get into this pick, believe in Georgia dogs to get the Georgia Tennessee to Good. get the whole scoop. So uh, Israel and I do. You know, we. Uh, we do it. We do it's a it one stop shop for all things Georgia Dogs football. Mm-hmm. All things Georgia athletics. Um, it just has to be football season. We talk basketball. We talk baseball too. Coach, I'm um, going to come in sometime this year and do a deep Georgia gymnastics breakdown for you guys on why the program is terrible now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad, really. Um, one story gymnastics program is now yep. in the dumpster. All right. So back to the game at hand. Uh, Alabama travels to Death Valley. This is this is eerily similar, Josh. Eerily similar. Dominant, dominant team from the eighties. 
2000s and the dominant team from the 80s and 2000s has come on hard times because of mismanagement at the top. That sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Go on. Okay. This is a scary game for Alabama because they're, you know, the aforementioned struggles on the road. They, they, had, they put up 27 yards rushing against Mississippi State at home. Bill O'Brien is not exactly – they're not exactly inspiring a whole lot of confidence um, in uh, in this team. Bryce Young, they're not helping him out. He the, the receivers, JoJo Earl, um, I, I guess is okay. I, I don't know. Alabama just doesn't. They look discombobulated. They're distracted with this Jermaine Burton stuff. Um, LS. Meanwhile, LSU is starting to polish some things off. Um, they're getting some things together. They're figuring out what Jaden Daniels can actually do. And they're figuring out that, hey, Keishon Butte is a pretty good receiver. Yeah, might oh, want to throw hey, the ball his way. We can play a little defense so we so we can blitz a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this this really good Ole Miss attack isn't so daunting. Okay, we'll pressure on him, force some turnovers, and let's go. You give mo- you give them momentum at Death Valley. They could very easily walk away with a with a win because because of that environment. Now, I still think Alabama wins, but I say all that to say, give me LSU in the points. That's a, it's a big spread for where these two programs are at right now. Yeah, especially with give me um, LSU. Yeah, just I think I, I think Alabama's offense is is really facing starting to face some issues. Like you talked about on the ground yeah. there. Um, I there was I think one fan on one of my badger message boards who said that wisconsin should uh not take jimmy and take and have bill o'brien be the next head coach um i don't think that person is i think that person is afraid to post ever again yeah i don't blame him (laughs) i I mean that that is one of the most asinine things i've ever heard if that happens Mm -hmm. um i may if wisconsin fired jim leonard and brought in bill o'brien i may give up my wisconsin fandom and just pledge my complete allegiance to georgia (laughs) So, um, <laughs> Bill O'Brien is the first person to have his career hurt by the, uh, the Nick Saban car wash because, you know, first few weeks of the season, we actually were like, oh, yeah, Bill O'Brien would be a good fit for this job. Oh, he's, you know, he's good at Penn State. He's got yeah, a Nebraska job. Stuff. Why not? Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, ooh, this is, ooh. he did such a good job managing the Texans. Let's, uh, yeah. Let's just give him the Auburn that, job. That that DeAndre Hopkins trade was was, was so smart. So <laughs> smart to trade away one he of got, the he, five wide receivers that matters in the league. So, okay, we are, we are digressing far, far, far away. Texas, led by another former uh, Alabama assistant, uh, Sark. Uh, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at those Kansas State Wildcats that we just talked about over under 54-and-a-half. Kansas State plus the points. you kidding me? <laughs> Easy, Josh. Give me the Wildcats at home, plus two and a half. Well, uh, pulling a Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Um, This is a weird matchup. I don't know what it is about Texas and how they square off against Kansas State, but the Longhorns have won five in a row. They've won seven of the last nine. Um, They just seem to have K-State's number. I think objectively speaking – K-State's a lot better team this year than Texas, so I'm inclined 
to take Kansas State. But Texas just kind of scares me a little bit with how well they've done in this game. However, most of these games have been fairly high scoring, including 2020s uh, that put up 100 total points. <laughs> so I'm going to take the over. I I got fooled once by uh, I, I got fooled once by Kansas State. Not gonna happen again. I'm give me uh, give me the Wildcats here plus two and a half. I, I think this is this, this got to be easy money, right? I, I will say I'll be rooting for him, obviously, because I I always root against Texas. All right, Death, well, taxes and Josh crapping on Texas football. All right. Uh, <laughs> Quasi ACC matchup Clemson three and a half point favorite on the road at Notre Dame. Notre Dame fans think they're back because they beat up a beatdown Syracuse team. Um, over under is 44 and a half in here. Um, I will be quick again. 44 and a half. No, Mm-mm. way under. Way, way, way way under like I, i'm i'm feeling like a 13 to 9 kind of finish in this one so give me under 44 and a half josh yeah this is this is kind of an interesting game because um when you look at notre dame's scores uh it's all over the map <laughs> uh, stanford score 14 points and lose the following week destroy unlv and put up 44 points so uh, I don't have a read on this game, so I'm going to do the safe thing. Uh, I think Clemson wins safely by a touchdown plus. So yeah. I'm just going to take Clemson. I, I feel like that's probably the safe bet. If I was forced to pick a team, I'm definitely taking Clemson. I just see a lot of defense in this game because I'm still not sold yeah. that they have that Clemson has any idea, even coming off of a bye. I'm not sold that Clemson has any idea of what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. But clearly, Tony Elliott, their offensive coordinator from last year, doesn't either. If you've watched like literally one series of Virginia football, it was probably a three and out, coach. Yeah, <laughs> you blinked and you missed it. Um, I'm taking Clemson here minus three and a half. I, if, if I had to take a two leg parlay, I would, I don't know, it's tempting to take the over because I think Clemson. Clemson's got, I have a feeling they're going to score a lot of points. They're going with I Big Cinco. It's, be, it's still Big Cinco. If you told me I, yeah, Nick was starting, I, I would be actually more I inclined. I know, but this is going to be one of those games where everybody's doubting Big Cinco, and he's going to have one of those games that fools everybody again like he did uh, early in the season, and then you're going to get into another big game. He's going to this, – this is, this is Big Cinco right here. Yeah, it's 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 uh, a big way. Y'all laughed. Y'all laughed five six weeks ago when Matt posed that question with me of which is the big cinco that we're gonna see. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Uh, Terrible podcasting, but it was the right answer. Well, uh, you really don't know, but give me Clemson because regardless, I I think they win handily. I don't know if it's terrible podcast or not to pick. Colorado slash Rutgers games uh, every week, but we keep doing it and we're here on episode 302. So, I mean, what what are you going to do about it? We're still here. Uh, Colorado this week is a 31 and a half point dog at home to Oregon over under 61. Um, I like a nice daily double for Oregon minus 31 and a half and the over because Oregon's going to hit that themselves. Have you guys seen this offense? 
Like the, the I, next- I saw him week one getting dismantled by <laughs> the dogs. Well, I got to see them uh, up close and personal on my TV screen, watching them destroy UCLA, a UCLA defense that is well above average. They're running roughshod mm-hmm. through the entire Pac-12. Colorado doesn't have a defense at full strength. We know they're not that. I mean, I think that Oregon could score 63 themselves in the by the end of the third quarter in this one. Give me the Ducks. Give me the over, Josh. Ooh, yeah. The, 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 my one hesitation is what happens if Oregon is up 35 nothing at halftime? Do they cool anything down and, and win kind of like 42 nothing, and we don't get that over? That's my one reservation. But it's not enough for me to do the exact same bet you did, Matt. Give me <laughs> Oregon and the over. Uh, Kenny Dillingham, OC uh, at Oregon. Props to you. Uh, Dan Lanning, one of the best hires, first-year coaches. He gets it, man. He gets it. He's got a lot of energy, a lot of passion. He just had to figure some things out early on, and he figured them out quick. Kirby gave him a nice lesson week one. But, my God, are they rolling right now, and I love it. I love every minute of it. Go Ducks in this one. I'm, I'm taking the Ducks. I'm not touching the over under. Screw that because I, I think that I think if they get up 42 nothing, they're going to coast in and hit the brakes, and they're going to you know if this over under was in the 50s maybe, but I don't think I don't think Colorado scoring a whole lot of points. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, you just mentioned my first year best first year head coach. I'm gonna throw out three just to end this here tonight. That is it. Lanning. Yeah, is later. it Sonny Dykes or is it Mike Elko? Does Sonny Dykes count though? Because he he's is it first well, year in the first program year at or TCU? First year? Like this is like I'm thinking. Okay, like, so you're talking about guys first who are true first. first so with him and it's Elko, true true rookies, true rookies, Lanning, Elko. Yeah, yeah, true. I rookies. think I mean those two guys for sure have been uh, Tony Elliott. <laughs> oh God, Brent Venables. Yes. Brent Venables. Uh, yeah, no, true rookies. Yeah. Oh, well, Jake Dickert is like quasi. He was interim last year and was never a head coach before nah, that. Count. That yeah, counts. Because count he, he got games. No, I, I, I love what Elko's done, and that cupboard was bare. Um, and Duke is at five wins. They have a great chance to get to a bowl. But – when we saw Oregon with Cristobal, they didn't look like a playoff contender. They were kind of an afterthought for us in the Pac-12. We were, we were talking UCLA. We were talking USC. You know, we were talking Utah. Utah. Oregon was not on our radar. I'm, I'm going with Dan Lanning. Uh, while, before you guys answer, though, I had two other coaches that we should probably give some props to. Uh, New Mexico State is playing way better with Jerry Kill. Mr. Jerry Kill. He, uh, Jerry Kill always like, does it. Jerry Kill without Jerry Kill's yeah. just all he does is win games. Yeah. And then uh Jim Mora, four UConn. and five. Four and five right now with UConn. Who had them winning four games? And they knocked off BC, their first power five team they've beaten in a long time. I, I would probably guess 2016, 2017, maybe. Mm. Good for them. I mean, good for more. Like that. That makes me happy. 
Yeah. Their, their schedule has a few more wins on it, too. I mean, it, it's it's not inconceivable for them to to go like six and six and maybe sneak. If we have game. Duke and UConn bowling this year, <laughs> my God. Hopefully, hopefully UConn and Central Florida can meet in a bowl game and we get another installment of a civil conflict. <laughs> With a trophy that was left in the trash. Yeah. Coach, who's your debut coach of the year? I already said it, Dan Lanning, so far, especially if he wants to pack 12. Right. Yeah, you got Lanning. I bet I'm going to take Elko just because of how bare that cupboard was and that they are like, not only are they competent, but they're doing innovative things on both sides. I knew the defense would be better. I didn't expect their offense to actually have like this amount of creativity. So I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy to see that. So uh, I have an interesting thing projecting forward to next week. We have a few dominoes that we need to fall the right way, but um, in next year's sl- or next week's slate, we have a couple of interesting top 25 matchups. We've got North Carolina at Wake. So game day, Winston-Salem could be interested. If TCU, Texas, they've been to Austin a million times. Maybe they go there. Uh, they have the, uh, where is it? The uh, Alabama Ole Miss game. The Grove, awesome, but they've also done it a few times. If... The Gus bus can take care of business against Memphis and Tulane can take care of business against Tulsa. Could they have this thing in the garden district of Nolene's put that sucker right outside Archie Manning's house in new Orleans Tulane hosting game day. Could we get that to happen? Ooh, I Josh, I really like where your head is that for this my fear is that it's it know, the only I, the only one that I can think of is if Florida State beats Miami this week, Syracuse wins. They, they take it to Syracuse. I don't know if they've ever had it at Syracuse before. Syracuse would still be, would be seven and two, you know, going against a six and three Florida State team. I don't know. I obviously I would like it at Tulane, but. Uh, that's just my argument out of my head, and or them just being like, "Oh well, SEC, so let's go to, I mean, Alabama, Ole Miss. Let's say so. That's probably where it's going to be. So, or else, too bad Purdue. Like, too bad Purdue's not a little bit better. It could be in uh, Champaign Urbana. I mean, that's the that's the game that decides the Big Ten West, <laughs> gents. Yeah, but so, now the the Garden know. District would be ooh those fried oysters. Ooh. Mm, God, give me some, sign me up for some sign me up for some fried oyster or, or fried crawfish po' boy mm. oyster po' boy only way to go only again. way to do it only way to do it with the oysters so all all right, right, I'm going to voodoo gumbo guys I'll see you <laughs> <laughs> alright alright guys well uh, with that it's time for us to wrap it up here today on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast so on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger for Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois, this is Matt Perkins in the Music City saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Dookies! Go dogs. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.